There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. And helping us move from awareness to action this week is Mr. Willie Baronet. He is the creator of the We Are All Homeless Project. Welcome, Willie. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So we were talking a little bit offline and you told us that you were coming up on 27 years of this project that you started in 1993 uh, and excited to learn all about it. Uh, but why don't we start with what was the motivation for getting started with it in the first place? Well, let me say up front that in the beginning I had no idea this would turn into anything or that I'd still be doing this so many years later. Um, but if there is a motivation, uh, back in 1993, that's about when I first really started noticing people on street corners holding homeless signs. You know, back then, most of them said, we'll work for food. And in the beginning, it really was, uh, I think I was probably like a lot of folks. I looked for ways to avoid eye contact and look away and I didn't like how that felt. And that, it's some, in some way, that's really what led me to asking myself, I wonder if they would sell me their signs. And once I started, I couldn't stop. So it, it was a matter of, and I, I, I think anybody who's listening, everybody who's listening can absolutely identify with what you just said, because we have all had those feelings. Um, so did it just pop into your mind to, 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 to buy the sign? Uh, yes. I have plenty of strange ideas. Um, <laughs> I actually I teach creativity and portfolio development at, um, at SMU. And so, you know, I am always thinking of goofy ideas. And, and in some respects, this just seemed like another weird idea. But what I noticed almost from the beginning was how it changed the dynamic between me and this person, because all of a sudden I was now shaking their hand and finding out what their name was and making eye contact. And that really changed everything. So you, you, you were able to humanize this, this stranger on, 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 on the corner instead of just feeling bad about them being there. Yeah. It's, you know, it was about, in the humanity in them, but also letting them see the humanity in me. Um, so yeah, that's a good way to put it. Willie, it's um, I, I think it would be very fascinating to actually give a little bit about your background and how 
Um, I'm, I think the most interesting part of this is that you are a, 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 an ad man uh, turned professor, turned activist, and kind of give us a little bit about that journey. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I did. I spent most of what I'll call the first part of my grown-up life uh, in the advertising business, working uh, at a few different places, started my own agency in uh, 1992 in Dallas, Texas, and owned and ran that company until selling it in 2006. And was always on the creative side of the business, came up as a designer, art director, creative director. And once, um, once I sold the agency, I really, I was terrified of and wanted to pursue art. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant, but uh, that led me eventually to going back to grad school, which I did and graduated in 2011 and it was while I was in grad school that I started to take this project uh, much more seriously and, and try to develop it and figure out how I could use these signs to create some sort of impact. And, um, and I, I, it was 2009, while I was in grad school, that I had my first ever art show uh, using these signs. So... Um, that's a pretty quick uh, step through. And I now, you know, in addition to doing this project, I teach full time at SMU in Dallas and um, I teach in the advertising school um, and I teach classes in portfolio development and all the various kinds of graphic design. Nice. All right. So trying to figure out how, how you can have an impact on, on the, the greater issue of homelessness. What, when, when, when you sort of started to put it all together in, in your head, was it, was it? I, I am interested in raising awareness, or is it money? What, what, what was sort of in your mind's eye what it would turn into? Well, in the beginning, I truly had no idea. I think at some level, I thought that raising awareness and compassion was kind of at the root of this. And now that I've been doing it for a while and, um, you know, we filmed a documentary in 2014 traveling across the country buying signs. And it has turned into, you know, a big thing in my life and um, has gotten lots and lots of uh, media attention and several viral videos. And, and that, of course, has generated comments and inquiries from all over the world. And what I realize at this point, with a bit of hindsight, is that it really is about awareness and compassion, primarily for those that I would call the housed, you know, the people like you and me that have a place to live and are not at risk, most likely, of uh, sleeping under a bridge. But I've... Um, you know, I've just gotten to hear responses from people, strangers and friends alike all over the world responding to this project. And I, I have a folder that has just thousands of comments and responses, people sharing everything from their own personal stories about being homeless or a family member who's been homeless to the way this has changed the way they look at people on the street. And so I have some confirmation now that, that this really is 
really mostly about raising awareness because I think beyond that, people can help in lots of different ways, um, whether they want to donate or hand stuff out of their car or volunteer somewhere or whatever. Um, but I think that's really at the core of it. And Willie, talk to us a little bit about um, signs of humanity. I know that when you came to speak to uh, the Gen X group in Dallas, which was a, a, a great dinner, by the way. Um, you talked a lot about kind of the what the signs mean and then what information you were able to glean from that. So talk a little bit about that book and what the evolution of that has been. So it's it's actually a documentary that we filmed in 2014. We began uh, in Seattle, uh, drove down to San Diego and ended in New York City. And we did this in 31 days. And it was me and three filmmakers uh, who really were trying to figure this out as we went along because this was quite a guerrilla operation um, being, you know, in noisy street situations all over the place. And the point was that we would buy signs uh, as we traveled across the country. I think we ended up with almost 300 signs and we interviewed over a hundred folks uh, that were on the street in these in a variety of different cities, and it gave me a chance for the first time really to have really long conversations with them about their backgrounds, why they were, where they were. Uh, I asked most of them the question, what does home mean to you, which has become something that I've been doing now for quite a while uh, related to the exhibits, et cetera. So I've been collecting uh, answers to that question. And the documentary for me was really the first time that I had this chance to get to know people at this level. And it really was powerful for me. I, um, I just didn't expect to be quite so moved by a lot of the stories that I heard and, and the people that I met. Um, I could talk about it for a long time and I won't, but um yeah, that's that's what I would say the short the short story is. So that was in 2014. We shot it in July of 2014, and we were finished editing it late 2016. And we had it, um, you know, we did the film festival thing for about a year. And recently, I say recently, about three months ago, it was. Uh, it's finally available on Amazon Prime, oh. so it's getting to reach a whole new audience of folks. And uh, I've been hearing, again, just I get messages from all over the place from people who've seen it and and just share beautiful uh, thoughts about the impact it's had and, and in some cases some personal stories. Yeah, these are – it just couldn't be more timely. Uh, you know, from 2014 to where we are right now, I don't – what I'm about to say is simply just my own personal experience. It's not evidence-based at all. I forget what the term for that is. But, I mean, it seems to me that the homeless population, folks that are, are living out, that people who are homeless have, has absolutely exploded. Um, and so I imagine that the impact that this is having of humanizing and, 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 and showing individual stories really is helpful for people to actually get their arms around this 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 problem. I probably could have said that more eloquently. Do you 
Do you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, I totally do. And in, in, um, and I believe that you're actually hitting on what seems to be contradictory maybe or ironic, but what I notice, and, and part of this is because I get, you know, anytime there's an article about anything related to homelessness, I usually get, get it sent to me several times. But what I've been noticing is uh, you're absolutely right in certain cities for sure, and in the country there seems to be a growing awareness about the problem and in some cases increased numbers. In other ways, the other thing that I'm noticing is how many amazing projects and efforts are happening and springing up all around the country with people coming up with ideas to either raise awareness or solve some aspect of this problem. And it seems to be happening at the same time. I think it's, again, this may be anecdotal, but I think that the, the sense that I have is that the income disparity seems to be increasing. And while some folks are doing okay, that a lot of the people at the bottom end of the financial spectrum aren't and in some cases are doing worse. And uh, there are some systemic things that are out there that I think continue to make that problem continue. Um, so it's, it's interesting to me that on the one hand that's happening and on the other, I see these, you know, people coming up with amazing ideas, you know, things like the miniature houses and the mobile showers and people donating haircuts all around the country and a lot of really big-hearted folks that are trying to come up with ways to at least address some aspect of this. Yeah, it's 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 incredible, and actions like that will will help to renew a little bit of faith in in in, in humanity when when people are reaching out to help. Um, and I I don't know if well, I'm go ahead. I was just going to say I'm the eternal optimist, so I want to believe uh, people deep down are good. Sometimes they may be ignorant, but um, I like to think the best about people every chance I can. Yeah, and I think that this is certainly – I, I, I perceive the problem to be so multifaceted that, yes, you do need people who are available to, to – provide clothing or a shower or a haircut or a house um, but also that there's so many different mental illness um, problems that are at play here as well um, do you have a sense of of what the way forward is on on putting a dent in the problem well I think you just uh, summarized it pretty well that there are many, many different aspects to this, and definitely mental health and PTSD issues for veterans, domestic abuse issues for women and children, LGBTQ issues for young people, especially uh, the largest percentage of young people that are experiencing homelessness are people that have been kicked out of their house because they're gay or have just come out to their families. Um, there's dental care, resume training, job training, problems for felons who have trouble getting uh, work, um, not having a permanent address to receive mail, which prevents a lot of people from having jobs, places to, to house their pets, because for a lot of folks, 
especially people with some form of mental illness, uh, the relationship they have to their pets may be the most important thing in their world and one of the things that helps them feel safe. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really long list. And at the root of it, I think, is the way people just have judgments about people on the streets. And that takes me back to what I think I'm trying to do. And that's really just to get people to slow down a bit mm -hmm. and perhaps change their minds about whatever judgments they already have. Because I think if that doesn't change, all of those other problems aren't going to get solved because people have to care first. And the, the word that we used uh, a couple of times here has been humanizing. Uh, Willie, will you please share a story with us um, from one of the folks that you've met in, in, your, in your journey? I think it's really interesting to think about how we have these misconceptions or, or preconceived notions about the folks that are part of this population when really it's someone who's just a paycheck away from being homeless or from circumstances that are completely out of their control. They're now in this very, very new harrowing situation. So maybe pick one of the stories that you've had from uh, the documentary that you'd like to share with us. Uh, sure. Well, one of the stories, and I think I mentioned this to you at the Gen Next dinner, was uh, about a man named Eddie that I met in Philadelphia in 2014. So this is while we were traveling across the country shooting the documentary. And it so happened that the Philadelphia Inquirer was following us around on the streets as we were buying signs. And I met a man uh, who was pretty rough looking. He had some uh, scabs on his face and his hair was messed up. And he had a sign that said something to ponder, what if God occasionally visits earth disguised as a homeless person, checking to see how charitable we are. And I remember right away thinking what a clever sign this was and um, that he, who, he had a really thick Philly accent, but that he just seemed to have a really um, cool spirit about him. So we did a an interview with him. He told me about the origins of the sign and the Philly Inquirer did a story about this and quoted him in the article. So fast forward. So this is in 2014, uh, almost two years later, I uh, had done a talk about this and was showing a photograph of this guy's sign. His name was Eddie, by the way. And a picture of me speaking about this project with Eddie's sign behind my head was posted on Facebook. And I get this Facebook message out of nowhere um, from a guy named Eddie Dunn in Philadelphia. And Eddie proceeds to tell me that that was his sign. And he said, you probably don't remember me. And of course I remembered him because he was in our movie. Um, and he basically said, just want you to know that um, at the time you bought that sign for me, I was a heroin addict. And I've been sober now for almost a year and a half. Uh, he had reconnected with his son and his daughter. He had a brand new grandson and had a job working as an insurance adjuster. And he just wanted me to know all of this. And so we, of course, I responded and we continued talking. I was about to do an installation in 2016 in Philadelphia um, for the Democratic National Convention as part of this big group show. 
And so I, con- I, you know, I, I told him, hey, I'm coming back to Philadelphia. Can I buy you lunch? So I pick him up. We go uh, to the exhibit so I can show him these signs on the wall at this uh, show. And his sign is one of them. And he stood in front of these signs and just started weeping. And he and I spent four hours together that day. Uh, we ate a big burrito in this uh, some awesome place right there in Philadelphia and <laughs> talked and just became uh, fast friends. And as it turns out, I ended up doing a couple of other projects in Philadelphia over the next couple of years. And every time I went, I invited him to be part of our panel. So he joined me a couple of times answering questions about what it was like to be on the other side of a sign. And then um, I was doing a TEDx talk uh, here in Dallas, and I asked if they would be willing to fly Eddie in, and they said yes. And so Eddie joined me on stage for a TEDx talk where – I got to ask him some questions about what it was like, um, you know, his life behind the sign. And, and since he has sobered up and, and, you know, really has turned a lot of things around for himself. So yeah, Eddie is, is, and will be, I think a, a dear friend of mine for a long time. I got to tell you one last thing about Eddie. Uh, the last time I was in Philly, I, um, he and I were meeting and he said, you know, you'd never been to my apartment. And I was like, wow, you know, it, it occurred to me that this was his home. And so he invited, invited me to his apartment and I walked in there and he had one of our movie posters framed on his wall. We took a selfie in front of that and I just got really um, choked up just being in Eddie's home after, you know, he and I had had this now four or five year journey together and and I'm, I fully expect that that's going to continue. So anyway, Eddie's probably my, my favorite story, and it's, it's certainly the one that I have, uh, you know, that, that has been the most fulfilling in some respects. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. So, wow. So 27 years, created the film in 2014. It's been viewed. Now, I, I, I know that you have a, a, a video that's been viewed almost 8 million times. This is not the movie or this is something else. No, that's actually a short video that, uh, Upworthy, uh, produced and uploaded, uh, back in 2015, I think. Okay. Um, and there have been a couple of others since then, uh, one in French and one in Russian, <laughs> um, that have also gone viral as well. Wow. That's incredible. So this is going to be available very soon, or it is now on Amazon Prime. Um, so, and it seems like again the timing for this couldn't be any better with um, what I again perceive to be an, an, an uptick in so many different urban areas. So I have to imagine that it just it's been a crazy journey. But really, over the past since you made the movie in 2014, and one of the questions we always like to ask is. What are some of the top things that you've learned over the past three years? So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us. Wow. Um, yeah, so I've, I think I've learned a, a lot, uh, mostly about myself through this process. One of the things that I don't remember uh, when I first said this, but I think it was when I was talking about this project, 
I said that when it, when this all began, I used to think it was us and them, and that now I know that it's just us. And so at some level for me, what I've really learned is how similar and how much shared uh, things that we you – know, just things that I have in common with folks on the street. Um, I mentioned that I've been asking them the question, what is home? And I have also been asking that question of people um, like myself. And what I'm most struck by is how those answers are indistinguishable. When I ask people on the street the answer to that question, the answers that come back are exactly like the answers that come back if I ask that at an art gallery or in a museum. And um, so, so that's another thing that helps me just see the shared humanity. And I'd say the other big takeaway has been how grateful uh, this project makes me uh, on a daily basis. It's hard for me to complain about just about anything anymore. Huh. I, um, I, you know, when I'm, when I'm bitching about uh, the Wi-Fi connection or, <laughs> you know, how quickly my battery is going out, it, <laughs> it doesn't take but a few seconds for me to reconnect to the fact that I've got an art studio here in Dallas with over 1,800 homeless signs in it and that I have so much to be thankful for every single day. Um, and not the least of which is just all of my friends and strangers who have, um, that I've gotten to connect to because of this project and who have shared amazing stories with me. Perspective is such a powerful thing. And, and I, I can only imagine that being as close to it as have, as you have been, that it's, it's tough to, uh, tough to uh to get too bent out of shape about the wi-fi not working so so i appreciate that so so how 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 do you counsel people um to better understand the the plight of the situation of people who are homeless first and foremost i i share my own awkwardness and my own journey um as just evidence that this is complex and it's hard to figure out and that for people that have doubts or fears or whatever they may have that I counsel them first to go easy on themselves because it does nobody any good to feel guilty or feel like they're not doing enough. I believe all of us feel that way at times. Uh, I second want them to get that if they do nothing else that by making eye contact and smiling and acknowledging the human being on the other side of the sign, that that is huge and that it can, it can shift a person's day and it'll shift your day. Um, and then third, I also counsel people that there are a, lots of ways to help. And I encourage people to look within and figure out what feels right to you, whether it's handing stuff out, you know, whether it's money or food or water or socks or feminine hygiene uh, supplies to women that are on the street, or if it's about volunteering and serving food or helping to 
do the homeless census count that happens once a year or, you know, donating to um, the We Are All Homeless Impact Campaign or any nonprofits that are out there that are seeking to help in some way, shape, or form with this issue. Um, you know, I, I think there are so many ways to help. And and as you mentioned, it's, it's direly needed right now um, on many fronts. So my encouragement is first and foremost to look inside, take a breath, don't beat yourself up, and then go figure out how you want to help and go do that. I think that's powerful advice. Well, Centauri, what, what else? Um, oh man, I could talk to Willie all day about this. Um, I think that the things I would add is that it, kudos to you for taking on this uh, monumental project. I think it's so important for folks to have the very tangible thing of all I have to do is be kind to someone to really brighten and change their day. And I think that's something that we should all do, especially as we're thinking of, uh, of new things to do in 2020, just even the thing of reaching out, actually looking someone in the eye and acknowledging uh, goes a long way. Uh, and Willie, I also loved uh, when you talked to us in Dallas, just talking about the very um, actual tactical and physical things that people can keep in their cars so that when they see, you see people on the t- side of the road, they have something to give them that could be helpful. So maybe uh, just kind of, um, enumerate that list for us really fast. Well, again, I think the obvious things, uh, money, gift cards, food, um, some sort of protein bars, fruit, water. Um, I know that there are a lot of groups that put together what they call blessing bags, and sometimes they will include uh, handy wipes, uh, shaving supplies, Socks, which are by far the most uh, needed clothing item for people on the streets, Uh, any sort of personal grooming aids, deodorants, toothpaste and toothbrush, uh, women's hygiene uh, materials, Um, you know, and I'm sure there's lots of other things that, uh, that you might think of that could be useful, but those are things that I've seen in lots of groups when they put together blessing bags and um, you know, if you decide that you want to buy a sign and send it to me, you might want to keep a Sharpie and some spare cardboard in your car, um, which I've handed out as well to um, let somebody have the materials to make a new sign if they need to. So, you know, those are some things off the top of my head, and I'm sure there are some I'm forgetting. Oh, that's excellent. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, Willie, thank you so much. Um, give us all the details on where we can find, uh, learn more about the group, where we can see the film. So Signs of Humanity is available on Amazon Prime. And our website, weareallhomeless.org, has a lot more information about the history of this project. Um, it has images from past exhibits and so a link to some videos, et cetera. It's got a place to donate if you're interested in helping us continue to spread the word. Um, so, yeah, I would say those two places are uh, the best places to find us. Excellent. Well, Willie, thank you so much again. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys for taking the time to talk about this. It's really important. 
and thanks as always for listening. Check out Signs of Humanity on Amazon Prime and go to weareallhomeless.org to learn more about all the important work that they're doing and learn how to get involved, learn how to donate. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.